0: everyone, this is Nate. Here in the Show About Science Podcast Lab, we are hard at work on some great episodes for 2023, and I can't wait to share them with you. But while you're waiting, and in the spirit of the holidays, we have a special gift for you. A true Show About Science holiday classic. It is the world-renowned Santa Science episode from way back when I was five. So, gather around the fire, grab some eggnog, and get ready to learn about the science behind reindeer flight and the amazing tech that allows Santa to deliver his presents in just one night. Without further ado, here it is, Episode 6, Santa Science and the Physics of Christmas.
1: Hey guys, it's time for another episode of the show about science. This is your host Nate and we're really excited for another episode of the Show About Science. It's a very special episode about Santa science. I sent Santa some letters and Santa's comes here on my show today to answer my questions. Hello, Santa.
2: Oh, oh, oh Hello, hello. Who am I speaking to? Nate. Nate, I am a big fan of your show about science.
1: Thanks, <laughs> Santa. That's awesome.
2: I noticed in your letters that you have sent to me that you are requesting some different kinds of toys that have not been made yet. Yeah. So can you please uh, explain to me the dingaching?
1: It can, um... Laser beam to like see inside of things and it kind of make things invisible.
2: Now, do you think this kind of a toy might be possibly dangerous, Nate?
1: I'm still trying to like work on it.
2: <laughs> Anything involving lasers, it could be hazardous to people standing nearby, but I was most concerned about possibility of making things invisible that maybe if you made something invisible in your house that one of your parents might trip over it, not seeing it. (laughs) We should talk to Roger, our head of research and development. Nate, what do you think about that? Let's let's call, let's give Roger on the line here and let him explain. (laughs) Merry Christmas, Nate. Thank you so much for calling.
1: You're welcome. Merry Christmas, Santa. Merry
2: Christmas. Thank you for calling Santa's workshop, located in the festive North Pole. If you know the extension of the elf you're looking for, please dial it now. For a directory of elves, press 9. To speak to Roger, Santa's head of research and development, press 0 or stay on the line.
3: Roger Highfield. Hello. Oh, hello. Is that Nate? Yes. Good to hear from you. So I understand you're going to ask me some questions. Yeah. So fire away, and uh, I'll see how well I can answer them.
1: Roger, can to make presents that didn't exist before?
3: Oh, are we talking about? Your I know you you wanted to know about your dingaching that can shoot lasers and make things invisible. Is that is that the one you mean? Yeah. I know that there are people working on that, a beam of darkness, they call it, at the University of Singapore, but Santa doesn't like using this technology unless he wants to stay hidden because he can also use something called anti-sound to get rid of all those pesky sonic booms um, in his old sleigh. Uh, Because obviously, if you make things invisible, you can trip over them. Mm -hmm. But there is a technology out there which plays with waves of light that can make things a bit invisible. You know, it's like the opposite thing you have with glasses. You try to make things sharp and clear. This does exactly the opposite. So it is possible to make one of these dingachings.
1: Yeah, it just might be able to sew them.
3: Yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. Although I think I'm, I'm worried what people might do with them. That's the only thing.
1: Like, I could draw, like, invisible things on, like, things. Like, I'm thinking of making that invisible thing, like, for, like, paper so my grandma doesn't waste paper all the time.
3: Yeah, in fact, there's another way of making things invisible. You, you've you you talked about one, and we call that a beam of darkness, or that's what some people call it. But there's another way where you can take a material, thin material called a metamaterial, which just is a fancy way of saying that it's been almost designed down to the last atom, and that can make light flow around objects. So you can imagine if the light's flowing you know, from a light bulb and then goes around an object, you can't see that object, it becomes invisible. So that's another really cool way to make things invisible. you go to California, there's a great team working on that there. I see. Or you don't see.
1: Or <laughs> <Well>, maybe not. <laughs> Good one. So, how do reindeer fly?
3: How do reindeer fly? Well, there's been a lot of speculation about this down the years. Some people talk about using genetic technologies to make reindeer grow wings. Others have said that maybe their antlers, their horns, are what they call fractal vortex shedding devices to help give them a bit of lift so they can fly. Some have talked about giving reindeer rocket packs. But in fact, Santa, is using something called a warp drive sleigh at the moment, so the reindeer are kind of carried along for the ride just for the sake of tradition, but he's also working on something called teleportation, where you can beam a reindeer down so you can dematerialize a reindeer and Santa and the presents from one place and rematerialize them in someone's home so Santa can deliver the presents and then whiz off to the next house.
1: Okay, how does the present factory work?
3: How how does the what, beg your pardon?
1: How does the present factory work? The toy
3: factory. The present factory, ah, okay. Sorry, the North Pole Toy Factory. Well, we can actually take particles from the air, of soot and dust, and all the kind of mucky stuff. And we can use a nanofactory to pull all these particles out the air and build presents out of that. And this helped Santa overcome a really difficult problem, which is how to carry all of the children's, the world's children's presents on his sleigh. So he came up with this clever technique of having a factory that built the presents as he whizzed from one house to another house. So that's how he does it. He uses a nanofactory. That means a really small factory.
1: Okay. How do the presents get delivered in one night?
3: That is really tricky. So in the old days, when there were far fewer people, Santa could easily use a rocket to whiz around. Now, if you look at the number of children around the planet and you figure out the speeds that Santa's got to reach to get to every single child in one night and taking into account the way the Earth rotates. you has got to reach speeds of about 1,200 miles a second, really high speeds.
1: Yeah, I've heard of a little bit of the science of Santa, but not a lot. Just like, I've heard of that smidge.
3: Well, forgive me, uh, Nate. I've got to help Santa with his R&D effort and the run-up to Christmas. I should say there's one other thing, that if you go to NORAD, which was set up to track missiles, would you believe it, each year they usually track Santa's progress around the planet in delivering presents. So I really recommend you do that on Christmas Eve.
1: Yeah, I will.
3: But I've got to charge off now to help Santa. And... Um, have a lovely, lovely Christmas.
1: I will. Merry Christmas. Dad, don't shut the recording off. Call DoorWatt.
4: Hello? Hello. Hi, is this Nate? Yes. Hi, this is uh, Lieutenant Marco Schwenard. Hello. How are you?
1: Good. So, can the Santa Tracker track anything that flies into the U.S.?
4: Well, basically what we do is uh, we use the same equipment that NORAD uses every day, 365 days a year, to track airplanes, missiles, and space launches, and anything else that flies in or around North America. So we use the same system that we use every day, and that's the system we use to track Santa on his trip on the 24th.
1: Does Santa know that he's being tracked? Like, does he see any of your equipment, like, following him?
4: Oh, yeah. We're we're used to working with Santa. So we've worked uh, uh, with him for 60 years this year. So we're really proud of that, to have been... Uh, Santa's official tracker, so he's used to working with us and he sees us, you know, uh, escorting him uh, throughout the world.
1: I was just on the uh, NORWAD Track Santa website, so I did see that.
4: Oh, good. So I can tell you a little bit about the uh, system we use uh, to track Santa, if you would like to know that. Sure. Okay, so... It all starts with the NORAD radar system called the NOR-Warning system. So this powerful radar system has 47 installations strong across Canada's north and Alaska. So NORAD makes a point of checking that radar really closely on December 24th. So we get an indication that Santa Claus is leaving the North Pole. So as soon as we get indication from our radar that Santa is lifted off, we begin to use our satellites to track him. So we have uh, various satellites around uh, Earth and uh, those satellites have infrared sensors meaning they can see Eat. So with that, we're able to track Rudolph because Rudolph's nose gives off an infrared signature or heat and that's how we were able to track Santa and his sled. So the third system we use is the Santa Cam. So back in 1997, we uh, installed some cool ultra-high-tech, high-speed digital cameras around the world. Now, we only use these cameras once a year on December 24th. And usually we turn them on about an hour before Santa enters a country. And then we're able to capture a picture of him and the reindeers as they fly by. Ah.
1: So, what type of heat does Rudolph's nose give out?
4: Well, it's really, really hot and bright. Uh, so because it's really, really hot, well, the satellites are able to see that.
1: Could the satellites track any kind of heat from the infrared?
4: Yeah, the satellites can track any kind of heat, uh, from missile, from uh, when they launch, for example, uh, things in space, you know, with... Uh, uh, shuttles or things like that so that can track all of that E signature from various things across the world and there's one last system we use Yes. so the last system we use is the Norad jet fighter Canadian Norad fighter pilots flying CF-18s aircraft take out of uh, Bagotville Quebec in Canada and they welcome Santa to North America then at numerous locations in Canada, other pilots take over, escorting him. And while he's in the United States, we have American Norad fighter pilots either flying F-15s, 16s, or 22s, and they get the trail of flying with Santa and the famous reindeers. Now, one little point of information is Santa's sled is faster than any jet, so he actually slows down for us so we're able to escort him.
1: How fast does Santa? They usually slow down for you to track
4: him? Well, he doesn't have to slow down for us to track him, just for the fighter pilots to escort him.
1: So, how can kids track Santa on Christmas Eve?
4: Ah, that's a really good question. So, starting at 1.01 a.m. Central Time, people can visit the website, www.Norad.com. Santa.org and uh, watch Santa make his preparations for his flight, and then our NORAD Santa cams will start streaming the videos as uh, Santa makes his way at various locations. Then at 5 a.m. Central Time, people can call and talk to a live operator to inquire about Santa's whereabouts by dialing the following number 1 877 I NORAD or 1-877-446-6723. one 446 6723 So kids can also send an email at noradtraxsanta at outlook.com. And people can use Skype if they want. And we have people on Facebook as well who can inform where Santa is at that time. So one thing that's really important is uh, from uh, years of experience experience uh, working with Santa, you know, we know that he usually arrives between nine at night and midnight. But if children are awake when Santa arrives, he moves over to the next house and he returns later only when the children are asleep. So that's really important for all the children to know.
1: Thank you, Lieutenant Marco, and Merry Christmas.
4: Thank you very much for having me and Nate on the show about science and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Take care.
1: Take care to you, too, and happy 60th anniversary of Tracking Santa.
4: Well, thank you very much.
1: There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dad, you can shut the recording off. Hi, my name's Zach.
0: I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.